You're listening to Whiting Words, a K-pop podcast hosted by three Black women. I'm your host and leader, Deb, and my members and I are back at it again to discuss a K-music-related topic. Thank you so much in advance for listening. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to Whiting Words. Tell your friends to search Whiting Words or Unpopular K-pop Opinions on most major podcast listening platforms. We also have an exclusive forum for Black K-pop fans. More details are in the episode notes. Our intro and outro song is called New Vintage by Armani. In today's episode, we're discussing whether or not Black people can be K-pop idols and if fans are ready for one with guest co-host Rakaya. Rakaya is an aerospace engineer, CEO of her own cosmetics line, and a singer-songwriter. Her OG fans came to know her through her YouTube channel where she went by Rocky Wright. Now, her music is heard in over 80 countries and is described as alternative, soulful, and smooth R&B. Divity mentioned she sometimes sings in Korean. Let's get on with the episode. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, well, thank you for having me. <laughs> if you wanted to plug anything or bring attention to anything that's coming up, um, can you please let us know what those things are? As you guys may or may not know, um, I've been doing music for about a year um, once I moved back from South Korea. And I just recently released my first English Korean R&B song, Like You. I dropped it on um, October 23rd and it has been like a great experience to see that and incorporating Korean lyricism, taking that big leap of faith as a non-Asian or as a non-Korean native speaker has been like a big learning experience. And now I'm just like, super busy working on my EP that's coming out this December into the cosmos. And one of those tracks will also be in Korean. So your girl has been busy. So Congrats. Thank you. I wanted you to clarify to your audience and our audience, are you aiming to become a K-pop idol? So I'm glad I have a platform where I can further explain this um, because I can understand a lot of misconceptions that's going on. I think a lot of people who are into Korean music, especially different fandoms, we tend to attach everything as K-pop, but I think it's good to like start to understanding that everything isn't considered pop music um, just because it's Korean incorporated in it. So no, I am not a K-pop idol and I actually do not wish to be a K-pop idol. Just personally for me at my age now and my own personality, I just don't think that's the direction I want to go as an artist. And I'm R&B, you know, I'm okay with venturing on in different genres, but I'm an R&B singer. So, you know, we wouldn't call, technically we wouldn't call Jay Park, you know, K-pop. We wouldn't call BB K-pop. But I think a lot of international fans really are the ones who are attaching K-pop to everything. I think if the group is doing um, Korean music that's in pop, I would say that's K-pop. If they're going through a trainee session or if they are signed to predominantly known uh, K-pop entertainment labels like YG and everything, I can understand the attachment. But I think it's so important important for people to not attach one label to an entire music industry, just like you wouldn't put that on actual people in their culture as one blanket statement. So I'm glad you asked. No, I'm not a K-pop idol. And no, I don't wish to be because I know a lot of people that's stirring up a lot of things on the internet as I'm growing as an artist. And I'm explaining a thousand times like, don't worry, I'm not a K-pop idol. I don't want to be nothing against K-pop idols or those who are non-Asian K-pop idols. It's just not my direction. Have you been accused this kind of adds on to what you're just saying, but have you been accused of ruining 
K-pop, whatever that means, because <sighs> like, Alex Reed has also was told the same thing when she was part of Radia. Um, unfortunately, I do have to, you know, be very transparent and say yes. Um, and it's it's a such it's such an odd thing because it's not coming from Koreans or native Koreans in Korea or in America or anywhere else. It's actually coming from non-Korean uh, based fandoms, international fans. Um, and I think it's, I, I kind of forgive it a little bit, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going to be bullied on the internet for something that I'm not harmfully doing because there's a lot of hypocrisy going on. So I'll be told, you know, um, when I first talked about the premiere of Like You coming out, different magazines were talking about it. I think uh, I found out one day it showed up on All K-Pop's website. I guess a fan, you know, submitted it as an article, All K-Pop took it. And naturally that got a lot of attention, right? And this is not even me promoting it on that level at all, because I would never submit this to K-pop predominantly um, like platforms without making sure I let them know I'm not X, Y, and Z. Please make sure you know we consider me as an R&B artist, an American R&B artist. So that kind of went out of my control. So when I saw the reaction, I'm going to be honest, like I would say predominantly all of it was positive because a lot of international fans, they love to see someone that maybe correlates to them or looks like them in that space or doing something that maybe they wish they could. But, you know, there's definitely people who were very upset. Um, there was a lot of anti-Blackness obviously involved, which we can't even deny or lie about. Um, a lot of people said I'm ruining K-pop or I'm trying to dominate Korean space, leave it to them. It's their own space. They already don't have representation outside of Korea, which to me, that also doesn't really make sense because at the same time, I do understand. But if I was mad at, uh, if I was mad at, let's say a, a nation like Jordan, and I'm like, how come you don't have enough black representation? Well, is that the predominant culture there? Like it was, it just was really weird to see people take to be that. And, um, you know, I got a lot of people who are upset. A lot of people called me a Korea boo, you know, and this is not even the song. They don't know who I am. They probably have never checked my social media, not my uh, Korean YouTube channel. The song didn't even come out yet. And these are like assumptions being made. Now, obviously I don't really care what people think about me on the internet. So it just was interesting to see people say that. And I, I personally 100% disagree with that statement completely. Yeah. And, you know, just to piggyback off of that, I don't know what this kind of like, it's this fascination or fixation on like whenever an artist like yourself wants to just like make a name for themselves in music, there's this weird vitriol and anti-blackness that pops out right. where, you know, like you said, you don't see that with the Korean fans. It's like international fans have this hunger to be represent represented like as fans within themselves but then right. they get really like gatekeepy for some reason. Right. I don't know what it stems from, but they're like, oh, no, you're not allowed to do that because of this, that, and the third, or like, oh, you're ruining this. And it's like, right. well, you know, the genre is originated in Korea, but, you know, you can't just police someone and say this about them or that about them right. or make all these like offhanded assumptions without right. you know kind of looking there's a lot of toxicity I think that's going on in the fandom which makes it very hard for people to express themselves I think in our last episode I was saying how I forgot the artist but it was either 
he was either Jay Park or G Dragon who had a black girl, a female dancer in one of his videos. Mm -hmm. And, you know, international K-pop fans were just so pissed and angry. They're like, oh, why she's not even pretty? Why is she in the video? Why is this and that and the third? And, you know, my whole thing is that, you know, I also agree. I think it does people a disservice to lump all Korean music as K-pop. There's like Korean hip hop, there's Korean underground, you know, Korean rock, Korean indie, all this, that, and the third. And the only example of like an actual, in my opinion, like Korea boo band that I've ever seen was this all white male band from like, I don't even remember the state, but it's from the US. They had never Mm -hmm. been in Korea, but they were like, oh, we're going to be a K-pop idol band. And it's like, what are you even talking about? And they made themselves look like like K-pop idols. And I thought that was just weird and appropriative because you could tell that they were just capitalizing off their popularity and the sound without actually having any appreciation for the culture where, you know, you like wanting to do R&B, I think, is showing that there's room for everyone. Like, I think you can't have, um, even though she's Japanese, you can't have Utada Hikaru kind of navigating right. between two worlds as this Arabian artist who's also Japanese or Boa who also experiments with different genres right. and not allow other people of different races to have that same opportunity too. So I think there's right. just a lot of changes that need to be made. Is it fair to say K-pop should be Korean or other Asian people's thing since there's not much representation for them in Western media? What do you think? I would say... I think of it almost like percentages, like it would have to be like a 70-30 thing. Like obviously it's their culture and it's their country. So, you know, it would be a bit arrogant to be like, oh, well, we want to take it would be it would be exactly how black people feel when people steal from them. It'd be like, oh, well, we want this so we'll take it. So, you know, I'll give them that autonomy of allowing them to have that representation. But honestly, I think once 2016 hit and BTS hit America, man, they are I think it's only going to get bigger from here. And since they are now in mainstream global attention, they should have that 30% of being inclusive and opening the avenue for other new artists. Because again, like um, like Jay Park or Utada Hikaru, like they're clearly Japanese and Korean respectively, but they've also integrated themselves really well with American culture to where I don't bat an eye if they do that stuff and I don't question why they're, why they're doing it. And I think Korea needs to get to that point where they allow other artists, like if I wanted to release a Korean indie album, I don't want people to be like, well, why are you doing it? Well, why are you here? I'm like, well, because I live here and I also sing. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think they should be mindful they should have that autonomy but also leave room for inclusivity don't just like shut everyone out because then i think they're going to be stagnant too exactly that is another point that i thought needed to be brought up is exactly what you said that they're going to be stagnant there's not going to be a lot much growth if people start don't start seeing Mm -hmm. themselves represented in something that is becoming more popular in other spaces other than their home country because like what J and I know these companies know this and they're not publicly doing anything to show that they know this, but they're making moves behind the scene. Like it's very clear that they are. And I think that yeah. it's fair to say, I understand because as black people, we understand what it feels like to not be represented or to not to see the representation we want. So exactly what you said, like they have every right to say that However, in the same breath, 
K-pop is not like just from Korea. Like it takes inspiration from black music. So to say that I remember in 2011 when there was the era of dubstep and I was like, what is this? <laughs> and I remember another, I'm not going to say the year because I don't want any stands after me, but the reason I kind of took a hiatus and retired temporarily from K-pop is because there was one year near the end of like my tenure where all the debuts were really kind of flat and stale. And I was like, mm-mm, baby, there ain't no growth going. I don't know what's going on. Y'all all sound the same. Y'all look the same now. I need to step back. And that's what happens if you don't include people or spice it up a bit, I think. Because then, you know, this era that they have right now is really good. But, you know, there's only so much that you could keep regurgitating until it starts to feel old. And you're like, well, you know, what are we doing? Because the thing about trends is that they move at lightning speed. And if you're still in the e-girl, e-boy, like super, super, like poppy, unique, diverse, like thing you're going on with right now, visually and musically, then, you know, you're not going to see the, you're not going to realize the potential of what you could actually create. I think this, this new um, how you wave that we've been seeing, this new era of the how you wave rather that we've been seeing since like 2013 up until now has heavily borrowed from Western culture and black culture too. So it's almost an oxymoron to say that it should be their thing when, you know, I see them incorporating elements of trap, R&B, even the way they talk, all this black culture into their music. And they want to police it to be something that's only themselves. Like say, if this was the era of like, um, hot or like um that um trot era where it was purely korean music or purely like korean folk or even the very early stages of k-pop where i could just tell that the sound was very distinctly like korean like ss501 or like mm -hmm, those types of bands then i could be like well okay because this is a different sound you're bringing a very specific flavor to the scene right now so it makes sense that you'd want to kind of enrich that and nurture that for yourselves but if i'm seeing bts or like red velvet everglow all these bands like doing the this music that if it wasn't in Korean, it could make itself at home at like an RB or hip hop station. Right. And I think that makes no sense to like shut people out because then you're being culture vultures in your own right. Mm-hmm. I honestly think I've realized what it stems from. And like I said, I'm always the type of person where I make sure I look at both sides of the spectrum, not just my own bias side, you know, as the artist, as the black artist. Um, part of it is when we do see non-Asians who don't live in Asian nations decide to get involved incorporating the Korean language, because there is a style that K-pop has originally in Korea, but don't forget pop music, R&B music, jazz music, rap music, that didn't originate in Korea, right? You have nations, Western nations, and predominantly Black culture that is the origination of those genres. So, uh, you know, international fans getting upset because it's like, all right, now you're going to give us this washed down version of the genre of music that we all like so much. Um, 
So I get it. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of fetishism and fantasies involved. I think for some fans, uh, especially when they're not Korean themselves, there's this extreme attachment to individuals, right? And we all know as awesome as Korean music industry is, and a lot of people in the fandoms are amazing people, there are some who have taken things to an entirely different you know, fetishizing level of Korean men and women. And when you tend to do that, anyone who doesn't look like what you like and they come into those spaces, you're going to get upset, right? So the ones who are screaming, hey, you're messing this image that I took so much time to love so much and commit to and support them. Now you're messing up that image. And then you have people who have own insecurities, right? You know, there's probably people out there who wish to see themselves in those spaces, but they're not. So it's more sometimes of a jealousy, anger instead of a support. But I think it's different different reasons on this on this spectrum of why people are, you know, upset for non-agents to be in this space or why people are set for Black people in the face. If you're set specifically for Black people to join a space of their culture that's literally replicated, of their genres that are literally replicated, or when Black people are hired since the 90s to go to Korea and write these bops for your favorite and create these dances for your favorites. And it's literally, you can look into, all you have to do is your research to see YG when he was an artist and when he started his label. There's literally verbiage of when he's explained that his inspiration came from going to the U.S., a Western country with the music. He said how he was inspired by Black people that he met. So don't be upset that Korea wants to diversify and join everyone else to be inclusive. How are you mad at a, na- at a nation or labels who are choosing to be inclusive by hiring Black or non-Asians into their spaces while you're still upset? It doesn't really make sense to me when anyone, even if they are Asian, right, say non-Asians or Black people being a part of the Korean music space, especially if you're invited in or like myself, creating opportunities around yourself. You hear a lot of, well, they don't have enough representation. And it's like, because you are welcoming an entire different culture or nation to your own self, they're already spreading. We are creating their representation to spread. And maybe people are inspired by the language. To say you're taking away representation, I think they're not really looking at it as a global thing because like I said earlier, that's like me complaining, not seeing more black representation in media in a nation where there's not many black people. You know, it's like, well, they don't have enough representation. Well, there's a lot of Korean artists who don't speak English as well. So that's why they have labels who are trying to incorporate different languages to be able to spread to a bigger audience, to be able to have audiences to say, okay, I understand this music because of this album in English. But the moment someone who speaks English decides to incorporate and do the exact same opposite, it's an uproar. And now it's a lot of gatekeeping. Well, what what would the world be if Western or specifically Black people across this globe gatekeeped our language and our vernacular, our fashion, our braids, our things, our genres, our dances. What would the world be right now if Black people gatekeeped that? 
Because if that's the if that's if that's how we're trying not to be progressive, moving out of 2020 to be inclusive while respecting people's culture, then let's all gatekeep then and watch where are those best yeah. songs coming from anymore? Where are those best dances coming from anymore? You know what I'm saying? When you look in Korean culture and you look to see what's their history, it's the Joseon era. It isn't Durax. It isn't hip hop. It isn't pop music. So let's not forget where some of these things originated from to say, yeah, we love it when we can borrow these things and love these things and copy these things. And we love it when our faves copy those trending, what seems as trend, but they're actually people's culture. We love it when they have parts of the Black culture, but we don't want you in this space. And that's already a problem because unfortunately, Black people around the world are already told so many times, we don't belong in spaces. We don't belong in spaces. While we watch the world, love what we have, love what we do, replicate it, and some even steal it. And you're still telling us that we can't participate? Absolutely not. Times are going to change. And I think that there's a lot of people in Korea, from my experience living abroad and my experience of learning about some of the labels there, they're ready to be progressive. Don't stop their growth of them wanting to be progressive. Yeah. Beautifully You hit the nail on the head. But honestly, but no, you bring <laughs> up a lot of good points. And um, the Korean government actually, in early 2019, um, issued guidelines that were meant to diversify the image, uh, the images the industry portrays. And it criticizes the similar parents, such as skinny body figures, light skin color, body conscious clothes, etc. of idols. And this was later backtracked due to public outcry due to claims of censorship and uh, the threat of not seeing um, their faces. So by their faces, I mean people were kind of upset thinking this would kind of maybe some of their faves, they wouldn't get to see them as much on stages or TV shows. So um I was wondering uh, whether you guys thought this was a good step in the right direction or if this was really even. Because I feel like for me, I don't like people could interpret this as, oh, maybe more foreign non-Asian idols could come out of that um, guideline that they're trying to issue. But I kind of feel like it's in the same breath of when idols say they like dark skin girls. And then a lot of people would interpret that as, oh, they're talking about black girls, like they're talking about brown skin girls. Is like, I know mm -hmm. it's lovely to think, to think like that, <laughs> but I don't think that's right, what right. they're really talking about. I think they're just talking about their diversity within Koreans themselves. Because we, hopefully we all know that not all Koreans are ghost white. I mean, honestly, most of the time that's makeup. Right. Um, but right. There's, yeah. there's Koreans that are, pretty dark right. pretty tan, tan like i have a friend from jeju who she says when she goes into seoul or whatever people like stare at her because that's how tan she is so with that being said um what are your thoughts on these guidelines and do you think that this even though so i did say that i don't think it's about foreigners do you think it could be yeah i, I kind of agree i think um and I'll just touch on it really quickly so that you can hop in, Larissa. But um, yeah. I don't necessarily know 
too much about this guideline. I thought I came across it some time before, but I didn't consider it to be something that was specifically tailored to non-Asians. Um, like you said, I think it kind of tailors to them as a nation in their own culture um, and, and just with beauty standards as a whole, right? When you portray a certain beauty standard, as a nation or as as a country or a continent, whatever you know length you want to go, you got to be conscious that everyone doesn't naturally fit under that umbrella of what you consider to be beautiful, whether that's being under a certain amount of kilograms or pounds or having fair complexions. You know, a lot of those different things can come from different historical reasons that maybe Korea is trying to prevent that being, this is what you got to look like, young boys and girls. This is how you have to be in order to fit in the music industry. Because I only say that because, and we're talking about music, the Korean music industry in particularly, um, I've seen Korean idols go through hell on the internet. And unfortunately, I think some have committed suicide over the bullying of their appearance. You know, you bully people as fans to, I don't like the hairstyle or she's getting too dark or this Filipino, you know, K-pop idol, you know, doesn't fit the standard of looking really light and pale. So they're getting bullied or their features a little bit different than native Koreans. Or even when K-pop idols who are Korean gain a little bit more weight outside of the beauty standard and what they go through as people, because they're humans, but they got to watch the world criticize them about who they want to look like or how they want to look. So I think I give Korea, if that's the direction of that guidelines, I give them the kudos. I think that's focused on them as, you know, Korean citizens. I don't think that really is something to be like, oh, but that's supposed to be inclusion to all, you know, everyone outside of Korea. And maybe we could fit under that umbrella. But I think that's something Korea is trying to work on as a nation. Um, and I think it's kudos. I don't know how the whole censor thing, you know, censorship thing will go. I don't know how that will prevent, you know, idols. I don't really know how that is affecting that or let alone why, you know, certain fans are you know, upset about that. Like I said, any major feelings of being upset is usually the international fans. So I don't really, really ever get certain things. But um, I think for a nation that's constantly on the internet and we do get to see a lot of, you know, in, in particularly the idols uh, suffer getting cyber bullied or harassed for not fitting that already created uh, standard of beauty and, and weight and complexion. Um, I think it's a good thing because not everyone, like you said, looks the way we think everyone looks at us on the media. You know, there's a lot of international fans who's never been to Korea in their life. So what they get to learn about Korea is only on the internet, only on TV shows and dramas and these K-pop groups. And it creates, it creates a false idea too, because, you know, I lived in Korea and I've seen all kinds of features. I've seen all kinds of weights and complexions. And especially if you leave Seoul, you know, where the sun is more predominant or the people in that area um, outside of Seoul don't really cater into trying to be in a paler complexion beauty standards. Um, I think it's just a way for- But wait, there's more. Part two of this discussion comes out in 2021. Thank you again to Rakaya for being our guest co-host. 
Thank you so much for inviting me to this call today. I had so much fun. Um, I'm thankful that you gave me your platform to not only speak my thoughts and opinion about the spaces that I'm clearly, you know, in, in investing myself in, but to clarify my thoughts, my feelings, what I am or what I'm not, you know. Um, but yeah, guys, you know, I'm Rakaya. I know most of my fans initially know me as my nickname, Rocky, but, you know, the world will know me as Rakaya. Um, and I'm so excited to grow in all the avenues. You know, I'm pro music, pro creative, and I'm also pro education because I'm an engineer first. I'm aerospace first. So if you ever want to check me out or follow me on Instagram, you know, I'm Rakaya on Instagram. I'm Rakaya in space on Twitter. Um, you can find my music as Rakaya on mostly every platform and also my own website that I made too, Rakaya in space. So I'm looking forward to, you know, meeting, you know, new people in those spaces as I'm growing as an artist, you know, I'm already, like I said, ex experiencing growth behind the scenes, you know, I'm already experiencing some, you know, attention, which is really cool to get behind the scenes, because I feel like my hard work is about to pay off in 2021. Um, and I get to kind of like represent, for, you know, all the foreigners and all the black women across the globe who, you know, wish, you know, they can see themselves doing what I'm doing or on their own, you know, I always want to be a, a role model and inspiration. Um, and, you know, hopefully people join my little mini fandom, the Rockets, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me guys. Thank you so much for sticking around. I really appreciate what you're doing in this community because I feel like whether or not you're just a bystander or a fan, I think there's something truly inspirational and you're giving a lot of people hope that if that's their dream to go out there and be an artist, or to be an artist, period, that they can really achieve that and do that with hard work mm -hmm. and time. So thank you so much thank for you. everything. For thank being you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. You guys. And I'm so excited to see what you yeah, have. Yeah, I'm so excited. You're like, it. you're like, you're not giving us any hints. Well, you know, it's okay. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, will just wait and see. I, I, I just always want to be careful because, you know, you never want to talk things too much at not set in stone. Mm -hmm. You know, things change. Exactly. Life change. Right. COVID is creating a lot of situations, but... I'm happy with the effort that I'm putting in so far into my music and as an artist. And Ooh. I'm happy to know, like, you know, I'm, you know, you know. <laughs> you yeah, know? I'm so excited. And that being said, sending all the good vibes. Thank you. To you guys. Thank you. I Keep promise. I promise, you know, when things are definite or when I'm connecting with other Korean artists or labels or anything, I promise when that stuff is guaranteed or set in stone, I will share with the world so you can have the same excitement as me. But for now, I'm shh, you know, I'm just gonna be a little hush-hush to just shock you all when the time Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to Whitey Words. Our intro and outro song is called New Vintage by Armani. 